0: Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod episode 119 presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you the latest news from around the ACHA and AAU college hockey world. An exciting episode. Been a while since we looked at a note sheet this deep we're gonna hit all your favorite segments tonight some exciting news to break down we'll throw it over to the conference gerald joining us again back in the studio king of the sp fresh off his first goal with the huntsville havoc huge weekend for the kid he's rocking the hockey house pod hat everywhere he goes so we'll throw him the mic first
1: Uh, it's always exciting to be uh full house and recording with you boys. So I was saying to Herm before we started recording, I probably had like three or four pretty prime chances. And for that one to to go in, it was kind of just just kind of poetic with my, my whole hockey journey. That's the one that goes in. So, you know, we'll take it. They don't ask how, they ask how many. So yeah, I was was pumped for that one.
0: A greasy goal for sure. Not often you score with both feet in the crease, but we'll take it. It had to be pretty cool for you scoring your first SP goal in Indiana where you got to play college. I mean- was that was that something that you th- look back on now and that's pretty cool
1: I mean it didn't register until Indiana posted on Instagram about it and I was like oh yeah that's right we're in we were in Evansville Indiana we're, we're traveling all over the place it's don't even remember what day of the week it is anymore the one thing I did know like right away when it went in I was like this is pretty sick because it's Veterans Day and uh, both my grandpa served so I was like this is this is pretty cool that my first one comes on Veterans Day so that for sure was uh the, the main thing I was thinking of
0: that makes it just as special next we'll throw it over to david herman herm we were without you last week if if you were frustrated by the horrendous editing of the podcast you have me to thank for that so herm we're happy to have you back in the building this week
2: good to be with you boys it's been a very very fun week here in utica was even more fun on the road in Athens. Just excited to be around with you guys again. We kind of
0: debriefed, wanted to get your thoughts on the weekend because I feel like I spoke a lot for you last week and was you know, retelling Collins about the week. But anything I missed that you you wanted to share about the trip to Athens?
2: You guys did a, a really, really excellent job retelling what Athens was like. I was so, so happy to go back and be in Bird. There's something really special for me about being in my little corner of the left side of Bird, where Jake was next to me, getting to, to have the best seat in the house, and then to be on the benches and then hopping into the penalty box to watch a full-on bedlam at Bird. It was uh, pretty magical for for the second night.
0: And, and speaking of Veterans Day, the Comets broke out their camo jerseys, special tribute to the families who you know have had relatives serve in, in the Utica area. You got an awesome shot from that, and uh, it was even better to see somebody got, just like me in Athens, somebody got a shot of you getting that shot which was pretty cool.
2: Max Labou does an excellent job and he's he's like a de facto member of the creative team here in Utica. He does everything for Utica University and he happened to be in the photo hole opposite of me and Kyle Criscuolo, number 51 on the Utica Comets. It felt like he scored and time slowed down and it tunnel vision and he was yelling right at my camera. Basically I knew the moment I got that shot, I was like, Oh, Max caught that emotion of me knowing that perfectly and uh, immortalized it on his Instagram post.
0: We'll throw it over to my co-host from last week, Aiden Collins. Collins, it is another week, and we still have not figured out what is going on with the best league in club hockey right now. It is the ECHA. Chaos is going all about right now. How was the weekend for Villanova?
3: Uh, It was... A good and bad weekend. We finally exercised some demons with Navy, beat them 4-2 in a really good game. Bit of a shame that they're not as good as they, they used to be this year. Still a, a very talented team. That core group of guys on offense is still there, and they are still, without a doubt, one of the fittest and fastest teams. I mean, there's no team that trains like the u.s military so i mean it, it was a it was a really good matchup uh and then we went out against george mason got shut out three nothing which was a bit of a bummer ruzzy tanner rusnak ruzzy the sieve played out of his mind and unfortunately we got sniped in a tiktok so big props to him i mean we put up i think like 35 and he made every single save including just these insane diving cross crease on the goal line saves that just should have been goals, but somehow weren't. This league is getting crazy the top four George Mason, Willie P Lehigh and Villanova this is anybody's race at this point. This is the gift that keeps on giving the ECHA it's it's the al East of the ACHA.
0: I would agree with that I think we'll, we'll get to it in a little bit but looking at some of the other conferences in ACHA M1 there's big talent gap between the top teams in the conference and the bottom teams in the conference. And I think that's what makes the ECHA so great is that every team seems to be in in the same category, which I think is what. You know, as a commissioner of a conference, you love to see, and that'll be exciting when when the season starts to tick down and see who gets that auto bid. I spent the the whole weekend at the rink. I went to two of my brother's Charlie's games. He's in second year. Pee wee coached an eight U game. You know, went zero three in my coaching debut. We scored one goal all game. So working on the offense tonight in practice. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Did a lot of passing, shooting, which was great to see. But I'm I'm glad I'm in a position to coach because the other games I went to this weekend were my younger brother, Robbie, he was playing in an 18U tier two state tournament. Going to those games just makes me lose faith in the next generation of hockey players. The cage hang, the talking like Furda silky mitts pass me the rock like it makes my brain melt just listening to some of these kids talk i talk to my dad about it all the time and it just feels like with social media nowadays there's less kids going out and shooting pucks and more kids trying to act like hockey players instead of be hockey players it's driving me up a wall so i'm thankful i'm in a position to coach and hopefully inspire this next generation of hockey players i'm so sick of Going to games and kids care more about the big sellies and, you know, the sock tuck and the saucer passes than, you know, hard on the forecheck, getting pucks in deep and, and, and that kind of thing. So it was a frustrating weekend, but always good to, to be at the rink.
2: Murph is so, so close to joining me in the get off my lawn club. I'm so excited.
0: I feel like an old man yelling at the clouds. I've seen what it takes. I've seen a lot of good hockey in the last year, right? Going to these tournaments and seeing ACHA and AAU. And you can tell like the the, the good teams, a perfect example of this is like a team like Minot State. Like they just, they're such good hockey players all around. The best team right now in club hockey. We joke about all the time, those Western Canadian boys, just they know how to play the game. And I don't know if It's because maybe TikTok and Instagram reels haven't gotten out there yet. And maybe that's why these these boys are still shooting pucks and being hard on the forecheck. But we need more of them in the game. We are so screwed. In the
3: NHL, we're going to get some wonderful off ice personalities. I feel so bad for any coach that's going to have to coach a group of these guys in college.
0: It'll be special, but it won't be as special as this weekend. We have a Hockey House Pod special college hockey weekend in North Carolina. Myself, Tim Kalinowski, we're heading down, flying out of Boston on Friday afternoon. We'll get down to Charlotte just in time for puck drop between UNC Charlotte and App State outside at Truist Field. This is one we've been looking forward to for a long time. Both teams have been contacting us about getting us down there, so we're super excited for this one. Tim and I, we've got quite the agenda once we're down there. We'll check out the game in Charlotte Friday night. We're then going to drive to Clemson, on Saturday and catch some college football between Clemson and UNC Chapel Hill. And then Sunday, we will make the trek back to Raleigh to prep for Monday night's Governor's Cup between unc and nc state again this is a game we've had circled on the hockey house pod calendar ever since herm flew back to utica after frozen finley we knew this was going to be a can't miss opportunity so we're super excited and the hurricanes are a huge part of this but college hockey has really grown in the state of north carolina especially with teams like unc and app state seeing the success that unc and nc state had outdoors so to get an outdoor game, the highest attended game of the ACHA all season will probably be on Monday night at PNC arena. So we're really looking forward to that. Herm, anything to, to, we should have our eyes open for heading down to to Raleigh for this one.
2: Those fans are raucous, man. It's going to be such a great time. Jealous that I'm not able to make that trip down with you. The Southern hospitality is real, man. What you have to do is stop at Bojangles. That's a, that's a must while you're down there.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to need some redemption from Bojangles too, because one of these trips, I stopped in the Charlotte airport at Bojangles and just had the worst service ever. Just horrendous. Herm was there. They butchered my order. And I had to go back and get it fixed. And I had to wait in line with 16 other people who got their orders butchered. So we'll give Bojangles a, a cut this time. And we'll go back for some Bowberry biscuits and, and have a time of it. Tough shoes to fill. Zach's LYA will be in attendance for both games this weekend. He'll be helping. So we're looking forward to that. Let's get into some hockey news, though. Again, another exciting weekend, and we're going to start with University of Michigan-Dearborn. It is time to give the Wolverines some respect. Dearborn beats number 9 Indiana Tech on Saturday to get the sweep over the Warriors. Wolverines took care of business on the road Friday night, defeating Tech 5-3. They improved to 13-0 on the season, becoming the only undefeated team remaining in ACHA men's division 1 rankings were pretty disrespectful to them last week they were spotted at 17 which is wild a team that's 11 and 0 at number 17 they've proven it now i personally would love to see them replace indiana tech in the top 10 i know that's not really how these rankings work we won't really just see two teams swap places I think Dearborn deserves to be in the top 10 and and they've gone out and proven it again. Herm, big sweep for your heroes. The Ohio D2 team took care of business going down to Louisville. They came away with a sweep and another team that had a huge weekend was the boys at Nebraska. The Cornhuskers made the trip to Springfield, Missouri, went 3-0 on the weekend at the Route 66 showcase. 5-4 win Friday over Ferris State. Upset on Saturday with a 4-2 win over Purdue and they closed things out with a 7-0 win. I knew this was going to be a big weekend for the Huskers got tagged in this on Friday morning, but the boys caught a fortnight dub on the bus ride down and they just caught dubs all weekend long. Not only did they catch dubs all weekend long, but they were catching dubs off the ice as well because Alex Kopf was backing up on Friday night and he was rocking the hockey house pod retro hat which is back in stock we were so busy last week we didn't even have to announce that they were back in stock and there's already limited quantities available because people are flying through them and once again so if you want one for your friend for yourself treat yourself for christmas black fridays around the corner make sure you get yourself a hockey house pod retro hat head to the link in our bio or sellihockeyco.com to get yours today we got the classic black with white rope that fitzy's rocking right now and then the traditional cream with the blue in red trim so be sure to get yours today hockey house retro collection selling fast so get yours today collins your boys colorado school mines they took care of business against new mexico 6-3 win on friday 7-5 win on saturday the mines are ranked number 19 in the 1st M acham3 ranking of the season we'll see if that moves them up at all and then herm a big one saginaw valley state and hope went head to head this was on our game to watch hope one four to two on Friday night Saginaw I got the shutout for nothing on Saturday hope has kind of had a weird year I feel like the last couple years they've really dominated the regular season and now it seems like they're splitting with teams on the weekend so get into some conference talk earlier we were talking about the echA and how you know the teams are all pretty level one conference where there's a lot of disparity is the Great Lakes Collegiate Hockey League but don't sleep on Purdue Northwest number 20 Purdue Northwest swept number eight Grand Valley State University and they memed them to death too which i i love to see we love the upsets we love when the admins get active and the admins were cooking this weekend 4-2 win on saturday pumped out a meme a 3-2 win on sunday they pumped out another meme they're three of four in their last two weekends against ranked opponents they got a split last weekend against calvin again this conference seems to be hit or miss you're either playing a top 20 team or you're playing a team in the bottom 20 of the ACHA. Herm, my question to you and the group too, Purdue Northwest, their second year in ACHA M1, is this a team that we see in St. Louis at the end of the year?
2: Now that Nationals has expanded to a field of 24, I could definitely see them squeaking in right under the wire.
0: My prediction for them is they would be in that 18 to 20 range, which is usually where teams get cut and don't get to go to Nationals because of the auto bids. But now that the field is to 24, it feels like they will squeak in there. Speaking of the GLCHL, there's light at the end of the tunnel for the boys of Toledo because I was looking into the rankings of this conference. The Toledo Rockets have not won a game since September. They are 0 and 11 in their last 11. They have a huge matchup this weekend against Roosevelt, a team in the bottom of the conference. If you're the boys at Toledo, you know they've played some good hockey. I mean, I mean they lost five nothing to Adrian. That was a game that stood out to me. But the tough stretch of Davenport. Adrian, Calvin, Grand Valley State. They've played a lot of really good hockey teams and I hope the boys are getting up for this Roosevelt game. A little shocking that Roosevelt beat number 18 Davenport on Wednesday night by a score of 7-2 but hoping the boys from Toledo can get it, pull out a big weekend this weekend. And a quiet sweep from our boys at Penn State Harrisburg. They quietly took care of business against AAU D2 foe Liberty at LaHaye on the road. Very tough place to go in and get a sweep and Penn State Harrisburg took care of business The girls at Michigan are staying hot. They remain undefeated after a three-game weekend. They swept Lindenwood with the help of a shootout victory. Goes in a tie, but we'll call it a sweep anyways. And then they beat McKendry 3 two, nothing. Scary situation in Missouri this weekend. Want to send our thoughts and prayers to Nebraska forward Gabe Chubb. Gabe lost his helmet in a collision this weekend against Missouri and suffered a severe head injury. He got hit, his helmet fell off, and his head hit the boards and the ice. Very scary situation. They called the game. He suffered a concussion, two brain bleeds, and a fractured jaw. He and his family are still in the hospital. We're wishing them nothing but the best keeping him, his family, his teammates in our thoughts and prayers. A GoFundMe has been set up for him and his family and can be found in the link in our bio. Shifting gears here, we'll talk rankings. I originally had early recording this week, no rankings talk. Silly me to forget that ACHA Division II dropped their rankings at 1130 Eastern Time on Friday night. Wild move. Herm was on top of it, though. We got those rankings graphic turned around within 24 hours. And some notable steps here in the Central, if the season ended today, the top two teams in each region of ACHA M2 get an automatic bid to Nationals. In the Central, that would be St. Thomas and Lindenwood. Lindenwood had a huge weekend. In the Southeast, we have Indiana and Florida Gulf Coast. They would be going to Nationals right now, which I think is only in the ACHA is the number one seed in the Southeast Division from Indiana. Fitz, the boys are having quite the season.
1: It's amazing. I had to do like a double check when, it, when I saw the graphic that you guys made. I was like, this is unreal. We've come a long way from from me getting screwed by the rankings. Now it's almost like the rankings are rubbing into my face. Like they just are like, yeah, suck it. But no, I'm, I'm super happy for the guys. and. They've been playing good hockey. I was pretty bummed they were supposed to play Xavier this past weekend, and Xavier couldn't make the trip. So I don't know if uh, Indiana gets like the wins by forfeit or how that works. But yeah, the boys are buzzing. I hope they keep it going.
0: It's funny the the boys in Indiana don't don't appreciate how much coverage we give towards Kentucky. And I, I just laugh it off because I know they don't listen to the pod because if they listen to the pod, they would know that we talk about Indiana every single week when you're here. So made sure we, we had to give them their flowers in ACHA division two West. If the season ended today, Dakota college, Botno, and Montana state would receive those auto bids. And in the Northeast, it's the boys from last week's pod, Northeastern and New Hampshire receiving auto bids top five overall in the country. At number one, we have St. Thomas. Number two, Lindenwood. Number three, Indiana. Number four, Florida Gulf Coast. And number five, Concordia, Wisconsin. Collins, we talked about it last week, but do you know who probably doesn't care about the rankings right now? Who, who doesn't care about the rankings? Probably the 16-0 and Montana State Bobcats, who number two in the West, they had a weekend series against number one Dakota College Botno and they swept them. They improved to 16-0. I thought we were going to mush them last week when we brought it up on the pod how they hadn't lost yet. They doubled down and got two big wins against probably their toughest opponents so far this season. So, I wanted to make sure we gave him a shout out, and we'll give plenty more shout outs moving into our stick taps this week. Minnesota ACHA M2 goaltender Matt Bryant, he's getting stick taps this week because he's been practicing with Minnesota's NCAA team for the last month and got to dress against Michigan this weekend. The sophomore from Lacrosse, Wisconsin, starred for the ACHA M2 team last season, it was a big reason they went on a run in regionals. Gophers NCAA team put out a tweet they misspelled ACHA. I think they put A-H-C-A. Nonetheless, he got a bunch of attention. The Gophers took three of four this weekend with Bryant on the bench for them. The club team could have used his help, though, because Wisconsin got the sweep in a 10-round shootout. Speaking of NCAA call-ups, it was great to see Quinnipiac AAU netminder Ryan Solomon suit up for the NCAA team in their game against Yale this weekend. We talked about that on last week's pod. Not only was it cool to see the AAU boys supporting him in warm-ups, national champion coach Rand Pecknold read off the lineup and announced that he was going to get to dress. Really cool to see Quinnipiac taking full advantage of the situation and giving him some spotlight. He, he did... A press conference like he talked to the media after the game too and they were talking to him about how cool it was to just suit up you know in most situations i think a lot of teams might be like oh man we have to call up a club goalie not only minnesota give him a shout out for bryant stepping up but for quinnipiac to you know give him the spotlight and and give him some content on social media. And he talked about just how cool it was getting to put on that jersey and everything he had worked for in his hockey career culminating to this point. Worthy of giving Matt Bryan, Ryan Solomon stick taps again this week for their efforts. Wanted to give stick taps to Stonehill forward, Andrew Gotts. He put up rookie numbers in the game against Brown this weekend. In the first period, he scored three goals in 29 seconds to complete the first period hat trick in the AAU matchup between Stonehill College and Brown. This happened with like 50, minutes left in the first period so to have not only three goals in 29 seconds but a hat trick seven minutes of the game is bizarre and, and Collins you are you are ready to throw the book at, at Brown for not reacting well enough to this one.
3: Oh my god get that line off the ice what are you doing okay they give up one fine keep them out there they give up two straight fucking get them off What was that? I don't know what the coaching situation is like at Brown. My God, that is one of the worst coaching decisions I've ever seen. That was, that was insane.
0: No, I'm with you. Even in men's league, if you're out there for one goal and maybe you just got out there, you know, you stick out. It depends. If, If you throw like a pizza and you're out there for one goal, you might as well just start skating on the bench. Two, you must come off. Three is, is that's why you get off after two. So you're not out there for the third one, right? The Stonehill senior, actually, he played two years of NCAA hockey. No surprise there. He played in the NE10 in Division II before the Skyhawks made the jump to NCAA Division I, and he seems to just be tearing it up in AAU College Hockey. We want to give him stick taps? And we want to give stick taps to the other Herman brother, a 29-save shutout for the voice of Adrian Hockey. Alex Herman stopped all 29 against Purdue Northwest in ACHAM2 action. He was on the call for Friday night's win as Adrian defeated Niagara 5-2 to in the game of the week, and the Bulldogs completed the sweep on friday with another 5-2 win over the purple eagles oh boy herm you've added some breaking news to the pod i will throw this over to you what do we got here
2: so breaking news the university of arizona are facing a 240 million dollar school-wide shortage after significant miscalculations in their financial modeling cuts are being considered among the school's 23 varsity teams quote Everything's on the table in terms of dealing with athletics. If we're talking about big oopsies for budgets for ACHA teams, this is uh, a whole different scale right here. My, My question about all of this is what does this do for Arizona's NCAA D1 hockey dreams? Because it felt like they were right around the corner from it. And uh this this feels like it could put a significant damper on things.
0: I would have to check the books because I feel like that new rink in Tucson is not being funded by the university. It should be good there. I guess my hope for Arizona and for their NCAA dreams would be that the school looks at their attendance and sees how big of a crowd they get against teams like Arizona State. You would hope that maybe they start getting enough money at the gate where Maybe some of these other NCAA sports that aren't drawing that attendance and bringing in revenue. So again, probably not what you want to see if you're an Arizona Wildcat fan, but I'm trying to be optimistic here. I was thinking about this earlier today because I saw, I don't know if you get, again, more college football talk. Texas A&M bought out Jimbo Fisher for $75 million. And I was just laughing at that because imagine what, what the ACHA and AAU college hockey as a whole do with 75 million dollars texas a&m is paying jimbo fisher 75 million dollars to not coach the aggies
3: i would also like to point out too that texas a&m technically didn't pay them 75 million they received 162 million dollar donation from the booster club and then paid off that 75 million and then
0: are left with
3: uh however many million left
0: i i wonder too if he saw they had that check get donated at halftime of the game he got fired like, I wonder if he saw the writing on the wall when they brought out the check at halftime. He was like, oh, that's the money for
2: my firing.
0: And I mean, getting paid $75 million to do anything is awesome. But getting paid not to do your job for $75 million also has got to be a pretty good feeling.
2: Imagine what we could do with like seven grand. Forget seven, $75 million. <laughs> I think you could
3: buy the entire ACHA for $75 million. Way less. Yeah. ACHA and AAU. Way less. I'm talking about like buy every single individual team, 500 teams. Yeah, that's what teams. I was
0: thinking too. Because the top Game teams probably have bud- budgets of like $200,000. The bottom teams probably have budgets of like $50,000. It's a lot of X's and O's right there.
2: Any boosters at Texas A&M, please give us a call because we'd like to buy an ACHA team now. Thank you.
0: And a Fed. We need a Fed team. We, remember we talked about getting that Fed team that plays at LaHaye and it's all ACHA players. We, we need money for that too. Thank you.
3: Please, it Fitzy, you. who's who's the Fed commissioner and can you get us in contact with him?
1: A hundred percent. Don Kiernan. He's uh, I think he's got part ownership in the Elmira Mammoth or not. The, they're the River Sharks now. The Elmira River Sharks.
0: I think he lives in Syracuse because if you were to write to the league office, it is on Erie Boulevard
1: in Syracuse. He, that is correct. I might have his address still, actually, from my old uh, medical bills that he was helping with. So I'll I'll dig those up. <laughs>
0: Well, the Hammerina hot seat is back. We have three seats available. Collins is pumped. We, we didn't do this the last two weeks because so such a rush to put the notes together, but we had time this week. And this is a team that I've been waiting. The seat has been cooking all year long. It is ready for them. And I want to preface this because we're throwing Iowa state on the hot seat. We're all happy that Iowa state hockey is back. The crowds have been great. They're getting a lot of support from the school. That being said, it, it felt like they just like flipped the switch and they're like, we're back. We should be in the top 10. And I think Collins mentioned that on the pod. They're three and oh, and the rankings come out. Most teams have played at least five or six games. They played three and they're ranked ninth in the first computer ranking. They had two wins against Oregon, a win against Illinois. I don't know. It, it just at that point, it was like, oh, yeah, see, we're Iowa State. We're in the top 10. We're three and oh the night after the rankings come out, they beat Waldorf three to two and Waldorf is not a great ACHA division one team. They get bumped down to 14 for that, which feels more reasonable. They have a big matchup handed to them. 14 Iowa state versus number 13 Maryville, and they lose six to one, which again feels reasonable. Iowa state. They haven't really played a tough opponent all year. They lose six to one, probably going to be a top 25 team, but to follow that up, with a 7-2 loss to Maryville's Division II ACHA team, what, what are we doing, boys? What what are we doing? And, and the worst part about this is that ACHA M1 versus M2 games don't count towards the computer rankings. So my, when, when Wednesday rolls around, we're going to see Iowa State in the top 25 here. And, and Herm is, is holding back the tears right now because his, his former beloved rival of the CSCHL Herm, am am I out of line here Did
2: did we see this one coming? Oh, how the mighty have fallen. It happens every year. We look at this last year when when Arizona State was ranked number two for no good reason. And I said on the podcast, there's no way that they're going to be a top 10 team. And we looked at Utah last year that I think was top 10 in the computer rankings. These early starts are not reflective of where these teams are going to finish. I want to see Iowa State do well. I want to see the former teams of the CSCHL do well. It's good, it's good for everybody. The Cyclones have a, a great fan base. Ames gets jumping. I don't want to see them lose 5-2 to Maryville.
0: I do have a theory here. I think they lose 6-1 to to Maryville on Friday. Knowing that the game the next night against Maryville's D2 team is basically an exhibition, I wonder if, you know, we're seeing their backup goalie. We're seeing the guys who've been scratched this year, and it's kind of just a wash because you know it means nothing in the rankings. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt there. Again, it won't count towards the rankings. I need a sweep against Midland this weekend for them, and I need it to be convincing. Show me that you're better than Midland, and and we'll take you off the hot seat because you've proven it so far. You've beaten the teams that you need to beat. You beat Waldorf. You beat Oregon. You beat Illinois. Now, let's let's keep beating the teams you should beat, and, and we'll get back on track here. This next one was grinding my gears. I'm about ready to start a player's union for club hockey after seeing this video. Ole Miss is going on the hot seat and it's not the boys at Ole Miss. I mean, maybe it is the boys at Ole Miss, but it, it, particularly the coaching staff, because I, I got to think they're the ones responsible for this. But what are we doing here? If you're listening to this, go check out our Instagram and you'll see the video. We have Ole Miss, after getting swept, doing stairs in full equipment. Ole Miss lost to Tennessee 6-5 to on Friday night. It was Tennessee's Hockey Fights Cancer game. They wore the purple jerseys. It was awesome. Next night, Tennessee beats Ole Miss 7-1 to get the sweep. We get sent a video after the game of the Ole Miss team running stairs at the Knoxville Civic Auditorium and Coliseum in full gear. They've taken off their skates and they've swapped them for sneakers. The goalies are out there running and everything but their leg pads. I actually, for a second, was like, maybe I shouldn't post this. Maybe this is a tough look for the league. But then I'm thinking, you know what? This is 2023. Everybody has a camera in their pocket. You know when you do this that somebody is going to film this and that is going to get online. Like, let's not be stupid here. This This isn't Eddie Shore and the Springfield Indians of the American Hockey League in 1963. No one's finding out what Eddie Shore is doing to those guys at practice when the lights go out. In the year 2023, an arena that fits 10,000 you're making these guys in Ole Miss jerseys, they were going up and down the stairs. They were doing burpees in the concourse. I don't know what happened, what was said, and why they are doing this, but I'm tossing them on the hot seat because they got to figure it out. I don't, I don't know what is going on. I don't know what prompts this to happen. I don't know why we don't just do a bag skate, but I, I am at a loss of words over why this happened.
2: This is not Miracle on ice
0: they didn't even her brooks wouldn't even do this it's just
3: ridiculous like it's 2023 i i don't know i'm a firm believer in recover as hard as you train why are we doing this i don't know i have no words i'm speechless like this is just flat out ridiculous and why any coach would do this to his team, would immediately create division in the locker room and is beyond me.
0: Yeah, and that's why I wanted to preface too. Like, we don't know the full story. Like, you, you don't know. that Maybe the officers spoke up in the room and were like, guys, we're better than that. Here's what we're going to go do. You know, maybe it was the coaching staff. We don't know. I do want to give a shout out to the staff at Tennessee because them playing the Rocky theme song while this was going on was hilarious. And that is the, the perfect... Perfect anthem for this workout that they are doing third and final spot on the hot seat. I have players who do their schoolwork at the rink and this is a hot take. And I think there's going to be a lot of people listening that don't agree with this one. Finishing your assignments at the rink does not make you an academic weapon. Too many posts these days of guys in full gear in the locker room on the bench doing their homework, doing their quizzes that does not make you an academic weapon. If you were an academic weapon, you would have been in the library Monday through Thursday getting your stuff done so that you could not go and enjoy the weekend. I would give Tim Kalinowski credit. He would lock himself in his room every night from Wednesday until Thursday night football kickoff. And then he would enjoy the weekend. He would watch 72 hours straight of football on the weekends and he never had to worry about homework because he locked himself no i shouldn't even say sunday night because he would watch sunday night football he loves football that much but he would monday tuesday wednesday he was in the library getting all stuff done i am just so tired of people thinking that if they post a picture of them in full gear doing schoolwork that they are a student athlete my issue with this is this makes us look like club hockey Club hockey is college hockey until we treat club hockey like club hockey. If you wouldn't see NCAA players doing this, then I don't want to see it. We would never see a guy in a Harvard with an iPad on the bench doing his calculus homework. I don't know. I Maybe I've just seen one too many, but I, I've seen enough of this at this point.
3: I just got to say, this isn't the first time you've brought this up. I remember when you brought this up last year when the uh, South Carolina player was doing homework in the hallway. This
0: is a a hot point of contention for you. Straw that broke the camel's back was the video I saw today of the kid at University of New England. And the only reason I might cut this kid some slack is because it looked like he was taking a test. Like he had the iPad out and he looked like he was doing multiple choice. I know Herm is going to counter here, but... There are some things out of your control, like Herm has added in the notes here, like when you go to Nationals and you're playing during the day and you have a quiz and you can't bump it. Like I remember seeing the Navy scratches at Nationals all dressed up doing homework for assignments that they had class during with. Again, different scenario. And I'll, I'll actually tell a story here because I have a really good example of this and why the difference between college hockey and club hockey. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me bringing up the story, but Jared Topp one of my former teammates at Syracuse, we had a game at Pitt, 10 o'clock puck drop. He had an assignment that he knew about all week that was due at midnight. He was doing it the whole bus ride down to Pittsburgh, which was like seven plus hours from Syracuse to the point where he didn't warm up with the team. He stayed in the locker room trying to finish his assignment because he knew once he got on the ice at 10 p.m. that he wasn't going to be able to finish his assignment. He had to be done before he got on the ice. Again, while the rest of us are going over the power play, the PK and everything, he's on his laptop finishing up his schoolwork. Again, no one's taking a picture of him saying, look at this student athlete because we had a game to play that night. And he was absolutely horrendous. Lucas Skolnick was his D partner and he got on him right away. It was like, dude, you're not you're not here mentally. You're here on the ice, but you were not prepared for tonight's game. And you're hurting us. And I remember he got scratched the next night because it was visible. Like this is college hockey. You, you, we can't, you can't afford to turn it off and turn it on again. And I see photos all the time. I'm sure there are other guys doing the same thing, but you, you, if we're going to call this a high level of hockey, we need to prepare like it's a high level of hockey. So again, straw that broke the camel's back. I feel like I'm old man, yelling at the clouds. It's like the second rant I've gone on this podcast, but just too tired of, of seeing people pretending Like like they're being student athletes when real student athletes, I think, get their work ahead of time.
2: I think that we should take a little bit of blame in this rise of popularity because we were the ones that started posting these and giving a platform for it all together. So if you want if you want to take a step back, like kind of kind of like you reap what you sow. It paints the picture, right? Like this is club hockey. We're doing both. And I will, I
0: will say there's a reason you don't see the guys on Harvard checking the iPads during the game. It's because they have academic counselors who help them with their classes and give them all the time they need to do their work. But I, I just think, you know, if, if we want to call this, what it is college hockey, then we need to maybe treat it a little bit more like that. So that that's my rant for this week. The hot seat players who do their schoolwork at the rink, Iowa state and Ole Miss, what a, what a hot seat this week. The hot seat's back, and we got a great interview. And as always, this one is presented by Optum X Sports. OptumX Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part is these guys know club hockey, so be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at OptumXSports.com slash signup slash hockeyhousepod. This lets OptumX know that you heard about them from us. Again, OptumXSports.com slash signup slash hockey house pod they got the new features that we're super stoked about again they are constantly developing what they do to give acha and aau college hockey teams the best platform for their websites you can now add a team store to the site you can sell tickets merchandise make payments sell jerseys they have everything and more so be sure to check them out optimexsports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod very special guest this week. We are joined by Quinnipiac University, AAU College Hockey Goaltender and recent NCAA Division One call-up from Durham, Connecticut. Please welcome Ryan Solomon. Ryan, welcome to the Hockey House Pod.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me on. It should be fun.
0: Yeah. We were just chatting beforehand. You're on quite the press tour right now.
4: Yeah, it's uh the past week's been a little wild. A lot of people reaching out. Phone's have uh, been a little bit busier than normal, but um, you know, it's all good. I'm happy to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, walk us through. So you get called up to the NCAA team. It sounds like you've been practicing with them for a while.
4: Yeah, I got a message um, a couple of weeks back. said that the team... Uh needed uh, another goalie uh, due to an unfortunate injury a lot of loopholes as far as paperwork goes got to get those done set away get a ncaa eligible but yeah i've been practicing with them for about uh, it feels like two weeks now suited up for yeah which is pretty cool but yeah it's been a lot of fun so far they get you a stall in the locker room yet they did they did yeah it was all set up on my first day so uh they welcomed me right in it's been a lot of fun that's unbelievable so
0: you were practicing with them for a while um, like you mentioned, I, I read that your, your paperwork finally went through on Friday, and then that was when you, you got the nod that you were going to get to dress, you know, at that point, And everyone knows in NCAA hockey, you can dress three goalies. At that point, they would have had to dress two. Was that something you thought might happen? Or did you think you were just going to stay on the practice squad?
4: Uh, you never know. You know, Coach Packnold told me if I was working hard and, uh, you know, he felt that I deserved it, um, I would be rewarded with it. When I'm in practice, I just, you know, obviously I'm trying to compete to the best of my abilities and, you know, be a good teammate. So it's always in the back of your head, you know, what if this, what if that? Like I've been going to Quinnipiac games since I was a kid. So obviously Quinnipiac, Yale, you look at the, the upcoming schedule and you see it and you're like, you know that'd be cool but um you know you try to stay grounded keep your expectations low if it doesn't happen it's not the end of the world but you know when you get that that message from the team it's uh you know it's pretty surreal
0: and you mentioned you grew up in Connecticut you grew up a Quinnipiac fan you actually had five older siblings that went to Quinnipiac as well did you have your sets on Quinnipiac growing up
4: as a kid obviously you're you're going through like the travel hockey circuit and you know the dream is okay I want to play division one hockey and then what's the obvious choice it's, it's Quinnipiac you know it, this place is is home to me But you know as you get a little bit older and things start to get real more realistic you realize okay maybe this isn't such a feasible option you know I still went through the process and looked at other schools but at the end of the day Quinnipiac was home it was it really was my only choice and then club hockey uh you know something I, I knew I had to do to get involved somehow yeah it's been uh it's been pretty wild
0: what's that what's What's that like having five older siblings that went to Quinnipiac? Do you feel like, you didn't even need a tour of the place by the time you stepped foot on campus.
4: Yeah. You almost feel like you, uh, you know, the place better than the, than the tour guides when uh, they're bringing you through. Um, so yeah, I, I've been here, you know, countless times as a kid growing up. So, you know, I know the ins and outs and the, obviously like the hockey team's a the big draw here. So just growing up watching the team, you know, watching them go to the frozen Four, the finals a couple of times. Um, me and my buddy were down there in Tampa last year when they won the national championship. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a full circle moment, but my siblings have been, uh, you know, awfully supportive of me through the, through the entire time before this ever even happens. So, you know, I know that they're all pretty fired up to, to see this finally come to fruition. And, uh, you know, they've all been asking me for tickets and, um, you know, trying to get to as many games as possible.
0: Yeah. I had that here. I forgot that Quinnipiac had gone to two NCAA championship games. You know, everyone remembers the one in Pittsburgh between Yale and Quinnipiac. Do you remember that one? Like, was your family watching it at home?
4: Yeah, I believe we were on vacation somewhere. Uh, we were watching it on the TV at the bar, and uh, I remember being pretty emotional after that one because obviously, you know, the, the rivalry and, you know, to have two schools that are, you know, a couple miles apart finally go all the way to meet in the national championship. And you think, all right, this is the year. And then, you know, obviously the, the heartbreaking end to that one, you know, to finally uh, watch them win that last year was, was, was pretty cool
0: when they made it to Frozen four was it a no-brainer to go to, down to Tampa
4: oh yeah no absolutely we uh we just being at the school now you know being more financially sound than I was uh, when I was 10 years old or whatever you know it's more realistic to go down you got a couple buddies to go with you so uh once we saw that they they won uh, the regionals and uh, made it to the frozen four we we knew what we had to do.
0: I hope the uh, the concession lines weren't too long before overtime because I was watching on TV and I missed it. Uh, were you guys in your seats for that one?
4: Yeah, we were. You know, it was it was at one of those points where we weren't going to leave our seats. So um, you know, it was just we were just glued to them. Um, but it all happened so quickly. You know, it's like if you blinked, you missed it. Um, so it just it shows how quickly something like that can happen. But yeah, obviously very happy.
0: You yourself got to go to Nationals last year with the the first ever AAU College Hockey National Championships. What do you remember from that? Was it was it a good experience for you guys? Because I think you guys were one of the better teams there. And uh, I know things probably didn't go your way. But what are some memories you took away from that?
4: Yeah, I mean, for us at Quinnipiac on the AAU team, you know, anything that any season that doesn't end with a national championship is a failure in our book so you know just my memories from that it's uh you know very competitive there's a lot of teams that uh have a lot of strong talent a lot of teams that are very well coached um so you know that when you get to that point in the season you know everyone has played a long schedule uh, a lot of them are tough schedules so you know every game that you're going to play in nationals you're going to get the other team's best so you know i obviously have a lot of respect for all the other teams in this league you know the d1 teams this year are are, are very good so but yeah that, that tournament was a a lot of fun obviously didn't get the result we wanted but you know anytime you get to go on a, a trip like that with uh your guys it's uh it's always a good time
0: were you in net for that wild one the year before between South Carolina and Quinnipiac
4: I was not I was not I was on the bench for that one but I had a good seat that was a fun one it was uh needed to win that game by four goals to advance to the next round uh and we were up 4 one and we had to pull uh our, our goalie just to you don't really see that too often you know you're up three goals and you got to play your goalie but just as the tiebreaker circumstances went that's what we had to do um, unfortunately it didn't work out and you know it's like usually the last game of the season is a loss but it, it was kind of one of those things where it's like you can hang your hat on the fact that we we gave it everything in that last game but it was really fun to be a part of that one
0: and now once you decided that you were going to Quinnipiac how far into club hockey did you look is this you know you knew you they had a team and that you'd be able to play was it something you showed up on campus and you're like oh hey there's a hockey team i can
4: play on i had known it was around but you know you never know what the situation is you know if it's like as a goal you could walk in you you see like okay there's three goalies on the team are ready and there's like nine trying out so it's like you never really know if they have a spot for you so uh going in the trial process you really never know but luckily it worked out but yeah it was always something i had my eyes set on ever since i came here
0: and now you played high school hockey in connecticut and i I played high school hockey as well so i always want to give you a chance to to talk about that because i feel like connecticut is is a state that has some really good high school hockey
4: yeah i played uh for xavier high school in middletown the thing that sticks with me there is, is the traditions You know, being part of that team is is very special and something I carry with me to this day. You know, the guys I played with were great. The coaches were phenomenal. You could tell walking into that school, being a member of the hockey team that, you know, like everyone had your back, so to speak. You had the support of the student body, which was a pretty cool feeling walking into school every day.
0: We're huge advocates for club hockey, but I'm sure just like you, you know, I played in front of a lot bigger crowds when I was in high school than I ever did in college. Like, what were some of the craziest places to play in Connecticut?
4: Uh, Fairfield Prep always brings it, um, you know, that's, that's a school that, you know, when you, when you play them, you know, it's a big one. New Canaan always typically brings a crowd, uh, you know, Notre Dame, West Haven and then West Haven, they always, uh, you know, they always garner uh, support at, especially at Bennett Rink. you know, that place is awesome to play. It's got a, a playoff like atmosphere every time you're in there, even if it's for like an early season game. So places like that, you know, you get a little more, uh, jacked up for, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a good one because there's a lot of people in the stands watching.
0: And so once you join the club team, how long did it take to get sucked into the e-board?
4: <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. Being on the team uh, my freshman year, I, I had always liked being involved in, in discussions and you know having more of a role on the team. Going through the process, obviously, you're not going to get a position as a freshman. I feel like that, that's very rare um, in, in the club hockey world. But in my sophomore season, so last year, I really felt like I asserted myself as a voice in the room and, you know, lead by example on and off the ice. So luckily enough, you know, I was given the honor by my teammates to get voted at the end of my sophomore season. Uh, so going into this year, I was named president, which is uh, it's cool. It comes with a lot of responsibility. It's nice uh, taking care of the guys and uh, making sure everything's all set for them.
0: What's the the craziest thing you've had to do so far as president? Maybe something that you didn't
4: see in the job guidelines. Oh, that's, a, that's another good question. Um, I would say, you know, I kind of knew what I signed up for, but, but booking buses and hotels isn't something that, you know, I, uh, I take particular passion in. But again, it's part of the job. So, uh, you know, dealing with these companies, even with, even when they give you uh, some problems, it's, uh, you know, you got to stay strong and, uh, and battle the adversity there.
0: Now I have to ask because you're in a unique situation where I've seen you know there's a lot of coverage about you getting called up to the NCAA team, and every article you know mentions that you're a proud member of the club team. or the president of the club team, like. Do you think this almost brings a little more notoriety and, and more respect towards the club program?
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's not really about me, but I think it's more about the story that that this is possible. Obviously, the circumstances aren't ideal with an injury. You know, nobody ever wants to see that happen to a, to a player. To turn it into a positive, I think it has put our team on the map, so to speak, uh, especially on this campus. But you know, across the league and the country, I think you know it's cool. I know what happened over at uh, Minnesota. I believe they one of their uh, club goalies got called up. So you know. To see that happen around the same time as this is happening to me is obviously very cool to see but you know I think it is is it is a good thing for the league um all around to see you know club kids getting the call up I think it's uh something that could happen more in the future and people are realizing that this is a a realistic thing
0: did did you feel a lot of responsibility that first skate with the NCAA team like oh I, I gotta play well or I'm gonna make the club boys look bad
4: a little bit, a little bit. But then you realize that these guys are, are Division one hockey players. They've been well recruited. You know, they're on the ice however many days a week. So, you know, these guys are, are incredible talents. So the first practice, I would say, was, was a bit of an adjustment. Every day since I've I've been progressing and uh, getting a little more used to the shot speed. But, you know, these guys, are, like I said, are incredible talents. So, you know, just, just to hang in there and, and try to hold my own. Is, is an honor, you know, something I don't take lightly. But, yeah, I, I do feel like I represent the club team going out there every day. But, you know, I also try to have fun out there.
0: And speaking of having fun, it seems like the other goalies on the ice, too, have kind of taken you under their wing. Like, what has that been like? Because I know every team's got their goalie routine down in practice. Like, how good have those guys been about, like,
4: welcoming you in? Yeah, Vinny and uh, and Matei, they've uh, they've been great to me. They're world class. You know, they're, they're absolute professionals in every aspect of, of how they – they handle themselves on the ice off the ice uh i just try to play off of them a little bit i i try to stay uh in the state of mind where it's like you know i got to see when they want to get out of the net when they want to get back in the net so it's like you kind of got your head on a swivel you know Okay, is he getting a little tired? Those guys have been great to me. Um, you know, I can't say enough about them. They're obviously in- incredible talents to watch. Even when I'm not in the net, I'm just just studying them, just trying to trying to learn as much as I can and absorb as much of, of, of their talent as I can, if that's even possible. But, you know, just to watch two guys like that, you know, just absolute professionals and uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun. And like I said, they've they've welcomed me right in. So, you know, they've made me feel like I've been there the whole year, even though it's been a, a couple weeks. So you know, I tip my hat to those guys for just being so welcoming.
0: Now, how often do you guys get to practice on campus on the club side of things? Is this like an every practice thing or
4: is it every once in a while? What What is the ice time situation like? So we get, uh, we get two practices a week, and it is up on, on, the, on the rink up here, which is pretty cool. We're, we're very lucky and blessed to be able to use it. You know, it's obviously a, a great facility, and the fact that the school allows us to do this is, is a lot of fun. We're obviously very thankful and grateful that, that they allow us to do that. So, you know, anytime you get to skate there, or welcome another team into that rink, you know, those, those games feel a little bit bigger. So, But, yeah, it's a great facility, and it's well-maintained. You know, the, the ice staff does a phenomenal job. You know, they're, they're great people from the top to the bottom it's it's been uh, been pretty incredible
0: now are you coming through a different door now is there a player's entrance that you get to
4: use i have been taking a little bit different of a route you know um i used to be taking the stairs and then uh when i got the call up you know i i walked in with a couple guys and take the elevator and it's a whole whole new route so uh my first couple days i was getting a little bit lost down there i was like which door do i go through like you know just trying to figure it all out but i i got it down now which is good
0: And I read that Coach Pecknell told you it would be a 14 day tryout and we'd see how it it goes. Was the 14 day tryout enough time to get the paperwork in, or were they maybe going to throw you on the shelf if you didn't perform after a couple days?
4: I don't know. I hope uh, I'm glad we didn't have to find the answer to that second question. Um, You know, every day walking into the rink, it's almost like you want to wear like headphones and get locked in during the 14 day trial because it's like every time you go out there, you want to bring the absolute Absolute best game that you have, but you know I also like keeping the mood light in in the in the locker room and trying to be like interactive with the guys. So you know that 14 day trial, it's obviously in the back of your head every time you step on the ice, but you know you also can't think about stuff that much. You know you got to have like the memory of a goldfish. um You know it's like well, a puck goes in, you got to worry about the next one. So again, it, it's it's always in the back of your head, and I feel like you think about it more off the ice than you do on the ice. When I'm on the ice, you know I'm, I'm locked into one thing, and, and that's that's the game in front of me, and that's the puck. So
0: I want to talk about Coach Ring. Because I feel like I didn't know too much about him until he went on and spitting chicklets and he was an open book about everything that it's taken to build Quinnipiac hockey up to this point. I mean, what is that like getting the opportunity to play for a guy that you've kind of grown up watching behind the bench?
4: Yeah, I'm kind of, I was kind of in the same boat as you, you know, obviously you hear stuff in the media, you know, you see him on the bench and you see his interviews, but you never know what it's like until you're in the locker room and he's giving you a pregame speech or a speech during a, a period intermission. But I, he, he's very calculated. He knows the game so well. Um, He knows like the back of his hand. He, he's been doing it. For forever, you look at a guy like that as, as someone who, when you know, when he talks, you listen because it, it's just pure gold every time. Every time he puts anything out there, so he makes sure the guys stick to the to the identity that the program is built on. You know, he has the respect of the room, which obviously is is paramount as a coach. Being able to to converse with him, take some of his wisdom with me, um, it, it's invaluable.
0: You talk about wanting to 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 be one of the guys in the locker room. Is, was that a weird adjustment for you? Because I'm sure you knew the. Name Names and faces of every guy on the team as someone who had followed them last year on their national championship run. Is it weird getting to interact with these guys every day?
4: Yeah, it's like, you know, on your first day, you're obviously a little like jittery because you you know, coming in from the club team, you don't know how you're going to be accepted. Uh, but I can't speak highly enough about these guys. Um, like I said, they, they've welcomed me right in, made me feel part of the family, part of the program. I got them texting me off the ice and, you know, I, I see them around campus and they've just been, they've been great to me. You know, they're always saying hello to me. So it's been a little bit, a bit of an adjustment. You know, you go from club where it's like, you're, you're a heavy voice in the locker room. And then you go to, you get called up to the division one program. And then it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta find my role in here, you know, you don't want to be the guy that's talking 24 seven, but you know, you also don't want to be, you know, awkward sitting in the corner. So I feel like just, uh, just listening to the way they talk, you know, the way they include me in conversations. It's, it's been pretty great
0: getting to pass them on, on campus and having them say, hi, has, has gotta be pretty cool. Talk about how, how big of a deal hockey is at Quinnipiac. It's a smaller end division one school. Hockey is kind of King there. Like, what is it like?
4: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I, on a much smaller scale, it's like, it, you know, Alabama has their football team, Quinnipiac has their hockey team, you know, obviously smaller scale, but that is the magnitude of it here. You know, we don't, we don't have a football team. So, um, you know, the hockey team is obviously a storied program here. And, you know, those games are always, uh, you know, well attended by, by the student body and like people in the surrounding area who have no ties at the university. They just are big Quinnipiac hockey fans. So, you know, being able to wear that logo, every day you know it's not something you take for granted you know you realize that you're representing all the alumni that came before you and then the people who will come after you so walking around campus you know you, you almost have a little more swagger in your step but it, it you know you try to stay grounded stay humble and you know remember where you came from
0: now you're practicing with the team you got to dress the other night are
4: you you going to the team lifts now or they got you on the program
0: I haven't gone on the
4: team lift yet so I haven't heard anything about that so we'll we'll wait and see on that. All right, there we go.
0: That's good to hear. I saw the quote, you know, you mentioned that your dad was was walking you through like, you know, make sure you you appreciate that. That jersey. I mean, you've been on a crazy journey. Your dad's got to be over the moon at this whole thing, right?
4: Yeah, him and my mom. They uh, they've been pretty excited about the whole thing. You know, uh, when I got the call, and then I I called them. You know, I don't even know if I could repeat some of the things they were saying, just because you know the the jubilation uh, they had uh, once they heard the news. You know, like like you said, they they were over the moon, and it's like every day. You know, they're they're involved and. They're calling me after every pra- They're like, call us after every practice. Let us know how, it went. they like, they want to know every detail, which, you know, it's pretty cool to see the support I have from them and how excited they are about this whole thing. And that goes down to my siblings too. You know, they're, they're always super involved and, uh, you know, want to know every little detail, but, you know, I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. So it's uh, been amazing to see the support from my family and friends and and everyone in my in, in the community that's, re- that's reached out to me over the past couple of weeks.
0: And I know goalies, there's, you know, I think of a guy like Jeremy Swayman, they asked him like, Hey, how do you prepare for a game when you know you're not going to start? And he was like, you know, I prepare the same way for every game because you never know what's going to happen. How hard was it to prepare for this game? You know, the same way you probably do for, you know, an AAU game.
4: Yeah, it's a little bit different because, um, you know, you are you know your role on the team and, you know, the chances of you getting in the game are, are very slim. But with that being said, it's not like you're rolling into the rink, you know, 20 minutes before being like, oh, I'll just toss my gear on. So you still go through your processes. I, I still grab my, my tennis balls that they have at the rink and, you know, I, I go through a little juggling routine, but... Yeah, I stretch it out, you know, in my free time. And then we have our, our team warm-up. So, um, you know, you just try to stay involved in everything because, um, like you said, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen. God forbid, you know, anything ever happened. you know, you obviously wouldn't want to see that either. But, you know, you just try to stick to your processes and, you know, you're the same old superstitions you had, you know, a month ago you try to keep with you to this day. So, yeah, I would say just always, you know, being prepared, it's everything. So just you know, having a, having a, a good mindset about it, being prepared for anything, I would say, is really important.
0: And it seems silly asking this, but like, how much of warm ups do you remember, or were you just like the whole time just thinking about how crazy it is that you were out there?
4: Yeah, the first time, uh, first time I stepped on the ice, you know, that's that's when it all hits you, and you're like, wow, this is this is real. I'm wearing the jersey, you know, the fans are already, you know, in their seats. Just to to see that amount of people in the stands, you know, it's bigger than any crowd i've ever played in it was pretty wild you know i got a couple shots and warm-ups which was a pretty cool experience too but yeah you just try to soak it all in you know i feel like it went by too fast you know the one thing i remember about the game thinking like a couple minutes left was like you know i wish this wouldn't end you know i wish we could uh play another period or something like that so just trying to soak it all in you know you know you're not going to be here forever so you know you try to take moments like that and cherish them and you know tuck them into your memory bank and uh you know keep those with you forever
0: now, after the game, did you know that you were going to get to speak to the media, or is that something like somebody pulled you aside afterwards and was like, "Hey, Ryan, get up on the podium"?
4: No, I, I had no idea. I, they caught me off guard. I, uh, you know, I, I showered, you know, tossed the, the suit back on. And I was going to go run upstairs. My my family is waiting for me upstairs, so I was trying to go through the, the through the tunnel, and uh, you know, I got pulled aside by the the team media guy, and uh, he's like, "You want to you want to do this?" And I was like why not? So, um, you know, you stepped on the mic and again, it's like, that's a little overwhelming too. You know, it's like being put in in a, under the spotlight like that, you know, you just try to handle yourself well, but no, I, I was unaware of that.
0: No, I thought you did a great job too. And, and I, I can only imagine too, like you get through warmups and you're probably like, you, know, maybe the nerves go away. You're like, Oh, all right. I got through it. I survived. And then, like you said, you, you want the game to just keep going. And then once it ends, you're like, Oh wow, that was, that was crazy. And then they call you up and they're like, Hey, we want to get your thoughts on how crazy that was. But I, I thought you did a phenomenal job with that. You mentioned, you, you know, you're not going to be here for long. You went and supported the the club boys that weekend too. What's the deal with that? Is it like, hey, you're practicing with the NCAA team. We don't want you we don't want you getting hurt in AAU. Like what has that conversation been like?
4: So I think there's just a rule that you, you can't do two at once when you're rostered on on both teams. You know, that's not gonna stop me from from going to the games as a fan and and you know, being around the team and, and going in the locker room, you know, in between periods and after the game, you know, those are my guys as well. So, you know, those are my close friends. So, you know, I'm I'm never gonna gonna switch up and just leave them in the dust. You know, but that's a team that I hold near and dear to me. So, you know, being around those guys is everything to me and they've all been super supportive of me as well. I'll never miss an opportunity to be around them. It's
0: got to be a weird feeling. You're like getting reverse scratched in the club games right now.
4: Yeah, I guess you could say it's performance based. Um, it, it is kind of wild being in the stands. You know, you're sitting in the stands and you're like, you know, I wish I was out there. But again, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff going on. So
0: <laughs> Once you get back to, you know, and all the, the, the goalies are back and healthy. That's what we're all rooting for. And you get to go back down to the club team you seem like a tremendous leader like what's the outlook on the rest of the year for you guys the first year of division one aau like how's the season been going and, and where does it go from here
4: yeah we've had our ups and downs for sure we've had our fair share of, of big wins and then you know some some disappointing losses so i think just sticking to our processes and you know when adversity comes facing it head on and, and battling it but i really think we just need to stick to our processes you know i feel like early in the year we struggled with our, our continuity and you know we lacked a little bit of chemistry but i you know as the season's gone on we, we've built on stuff and and we're progressing as a team every day so you know i obviously try to stay close to the, the day-to-day operations of that team and you know i can't wait to be back with them and you know hopefully go on a a deep postseason run
0: in that region i imagine fairfield's a
4: big game to get up for are there any other ones that that the boys love playing for teams like farmingdale are obviously uh cool to play against you know that's a team that brings it every time you know that's a, a very classy organization you know we had we had georgia come through to the bank a couple weeks back so that was a pretty big pretty big game for us you know we we went down a few goals early and then we're able to to fight back but you know that team is obviously very talented you know every team in college hockey south i, I have tremendous respect for i think you know the way they play the game it, it's a little bit different but you know they, they're obviously they have supreme talent and they're very well coached so you know getting an overtime win over over a program like georgia is something you know it's a feather you can put in your cap but um you know our eyes are set on nationals and you know we're going to be preparing for that you know the rest of the way
0: what would your 12 year old self think is more crazy that you dressed in the Quinnipiac Yale game or that you played college hockey against Georgia?
4: Probably the Yale game. Probably the (laughs) Yale game. Yeah. I don't think there's much of a debate there. Um, You know, obviously both are, are pretty crazy, you know, you know, if you told me that at 12 years old, I, I think I would just say, I don't believe you. Just seeing how far the, the journey has come, the road has gone. It, it's definitely pretty surreal looking back and just seeing all this this crazy stuff that's been happening.
0: You mentioned how, how big of supporters your parents have been. Before we let you go here, is there anybody else you want you want to give a shout out to? I'm sure there's a laundry list.
4: Oh, uh, I could keep going for another 15 minutes. Everybody that's, that's even giving me a tip, you know, my my friends, my family, my teammates, my coaches, you know, they're, they're all been heavily involved in the process of, of turning me into the player and person I am today. So I have tremendous gratitude for everyone that, that's, that's helped me along the road. You know, obviously, uh, I'm grateful to, to Coach Packnold for the opportunity. You know, none of this would have been possible if he didn't reach out originally. Um, the guys on the team for welcoming me and there's too many people to thank. And it's, it's a problem I'm, I'm blessed to have. But, you know, I, I got a few more texts to send out over the next uh, week or so. Awesome.
0: Well, hey, Ryan, thanks for joining us this week. And uh, we can't wait to follow along the next couple of weeks at, until the semester wraps up. And uh, hope to see you at the end of the season in Westchester. We are going to kick the second half of the show off with the record-setting, largest margin of victory, the biggest burger of all time. This weekend, TCU defeated Houston 36 to nothing. The kind of score that not only do you do a double take, but you just question what happened. And so there were some posts around the, so, around social media about how TCU outscored their football team. You know, I was like, you know what? We, we got to There's gotta be a story behind this. Right. And I had seen on one of the posts that a Houston player had commented and explained that the team tried to forfeit the games this weekend because they didn't have enough players and the league would not let them. So, We got a comment from Garrett McCuller from University of Houston Hockey, and he just said, I think there should be context with Houston's team as this semester is coming to a close. First, all our games that we lost dramatically were because we had 10 or less players, most of the time seven or eight. A lot of the hot shots, about six or seven players we had coming into play for us actually couldn't get into University of Houston. As for last weekend, I tried to cancel these games with TCU and SMU. But the TCHC commissioner told me, all the officers and coaches, that if we did, we would fold. The culture in Texas isn't like it is up north, sadly. At one point, the commissioner said, every team in the TCHC has been in our shoes and we should just roll with the punches. Good news is we surprisingly are getting a lot more support than hate from the hockey community. Even players from different cities are willing to come in and play for us next semester and next year to help grow our team. We are not going to lay down and take it. We will grow from this. It will become a better team. Fans have not given up on us. And we don't plan on giving up on them either. Last thing I want to say is thank you for all the support. H-Town will become a hockey town. So the only burger of the week, we're only giving out one because we wanted to talk about this. A tough situation because we, I, we saw it. With Baylor, we saw it with Oklahoma State, pretty big success stories in the ACHA, a team out of thin air competing in ACHA M2. Houston was looking to replicate that, and I think they've just fallen short in in their first season. Maybe the expectations were high because of what we saw with those other teams in the area. I look at a team like Park University Gilbert, who maybe hasn't gotten off to a really good start either. But I mean, this is just tough for Houston because you see the support they got. We saw the university was shouting them out on social media and everything and saw the social media team get fired at the start of the season. Things aren't going the way. We saw they posted about an upcoming game on December 1st against LSU. LSU is an up and coming program as well. So maybe that'll be a more of an even matchup. I think also maybe there's higher expectations from the hockey world because of the talk of maybe Houston being the the next new. NHL city, but again, really tough situation. And I, I don't know how you beat a team 36 to nothing too. That's the other thing. Once you get 15, what, what is the point of scoring more? So I, I don't know. I'm curious what you guys think of this, but I'm kind of a, at a loss of words for, for how crazy of a score this was. And again, you, you see the high expectations the league has for them and making them play these games, but things just aren't going as well as they thought they would be in Houston.
3: You have to try to score 36 points. You have to try to score 10, six goals in a game, fairly normal to go out and put 10 plus on a team like you have to fucking hate a team to do that. It takes a certain amount of hatred and vitriol to want to go out and blow a team out 36 to nothing, because like at that point, if I'm in that situation on the other team where we're up maybe by 10 ish goals like. Let's just get the thing over with. Let's go home. Let's let's not have all this this stoppage time. Let's just go home and, you know, not have to be here for four hours. I cannot imagine how long that game took.
0: Again, that that is tough to a young program, maybe saying yes to certain recruits and those recruits not getting into the school, which seems to backlash. But I I love the support that they are getting from the university and the community, and, and we hope. They can turn it around and it'll be one of those things. Talk to Bob Joyce at Emory Riddle. He remembers the days of them losing by 20 goals to Florida Gulf Coast and how big of a deal it was when they finally beat Gulf Coast. So there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel for Houston, but some struggles early on in their career. But. We'll start looking at this weekend. Plenty of games to watch. We start on Friday, where the Heroes, Ohio University's M2 team, taking on Miami University at Bird Arena in the Battle of the Bricks. Saw it firsthand for myself. A lot of bricks in Athens, a lot of bricks in, o- in Oxford, Ohio. So, Battle of the Bricks, Ohio taking on Miami. Saturday, we have a huge rivalry game in Michigan, Hope College taking on Calvin University. These two teams are rivals away from the ice in other sports, and it is one of the biggest rivalries in ACHA M3. Another huge rivalry, this time in ACHA M2, we have Marist College taking on Siena. It is the 87 Cup Series Game 2. More ACHA M2 action on Friday. We have UCLA taking on USC, the crosstown rivalry. Saturday, we have Minot State taking on UNLV Rebels. This one at the Canlin Ice Sports Arena part of the chicago classic which we are excited to see come back i think at this point we should take some time to mention the teams playing in the chicago classic we have arizona state uri northern illinois minot state alabama ohio illinois state and unlv so some marquee names in the ACHA world look at teams like arizona state uri minot ohio unlv there's gonna be some really big matchups here In the Chicago area. So, really looking forward to this one. Herm was there the first time they did this, and it was a huge success. Joe Caprio puts on a mean good showcase and a darn good tournament. So, we're excited to see this one. Sticking with the games to watch this week Florida Gulf Coast taking on Lindenwood in a battle of two of the top teams in ACHA M2 on Friday night. This one coming to you from Florida at Hertz Arena. Friday night, we have another huge M2 game. DePaul taking on Indiana. Indiana, the number one team in the southeast, taking on the number six team in the central. Fitzy, you don't like DePaul, right? This is a big rivalry game for the Hoosiers.
1: Yeah, you're naming all these rinks. I'm uh these are all my childhood rinks. Got some bones to pick with Paul, but uh, we've had some run-ins, but it should be a good matchup. It's always, they, they get a pretty good crowd. It should be uh, an exciting one and definitely two teams that are should put on a good show.
0: A lot of talk about teams in Texas, and we'll cap things off Friday night with TCU taking on Baylor at Children's Health Star Center. Battle of two teams in the Lone Star State in ACHA M2. Honorable mention this week, Friday night, BC taking on BU in Women's 2 action. Thursday night, we have more Hockey East action. BC taking on Northeastern in ACHA M2. Friday night, we have Tennessee taking on Georgia in AAU action from the Knoxville Coliseum. Hopefully, the losing team isn't doing staircases after this one. Saturday night, we have Buffalo taking on Cornell in AAU D1 action. Saturday, we have an AAU versus ACHA matchup as High Point takes on University of North Carolina, Wilmington and Greensboro. And then Saturday night, we have Northeastern taking on UVM and some ACHA Women's 2 action. Western Washington takes on University of Washington at the Kraken Community Iceplex on Friday night. And then Saturday, we have a huge women's matchup, Liberty taking on Maryville. That is the number two Liberty Flames versus the number three Maryville Saints in Women's 1 action Rankings TBD, we'll see those drop after the recording, so they'll be updated by Friday. But that brings us to our game of the week. Tim and I will be on the scene along with Zach Sawyer from Truist Field in Charlotte, North Carolina, as UNC Charlotte hosts AAU D2 fo Appalachian State. From Truist Field, we have ACHA versus AAU Outdoors. This is going to be an exciting one. Herm, who are you going with?
2: It's got to be App State, right? Going all in with us for their promotion. Going all in on Selly Hockey. These boys are stylish, and these boys are going in to win. Fitzy, do you do you agree with Herb's take there?
1: Part of me wants wants to go with UNC Charlotte. The boys at App State, they they reached out to me. They felt bad for for not putting my uh, little bit I put together for them, um, not using in the promo video they were talking about. So I, I've warmed up to App State. I'm, I'm going to App State. I, I agree with her. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a really close game though. It's, it's, it's going to be a barn burner.
0: Now I'm sweating this one out because UNC lost to Wake last year outdoors. Again, big matchup between North Carolina schools. That has me leaning towards UNC Charlotte because it's like, They know the outdoor rink. They've played here before. They lost last year, so they want to get a win. App State was 0-3 to start the season. And who do they beat? They sweep UNC Charlotte in September. So now they've already beaten the team twice. It's tough to beat a team three times in one year. But, um, I mean, I'm wearing the jersey. It's got Hockey House Pod on the back. We got Yosef, the mascot, on the front smoking his pipe i got the app state hat and i was i was really hoping maybe fitzy you were gonna go charlotte because I, then we wouldn't have the queen the clean sweep and jinx it but i'm rolling with the mountaineers app state all day tough to pick against them collins what do you got for us
3: well i got a feeling uncc is not gonna like this but the same reasons as everybody else i'm going with app state those those boys after after they got off the
0: hot seat they have turned the ship around and boy, are they a wagon? There's a lot of pressure on them now because I know they listen. They're going to know the odds might be against them after a 4-0 clean hockey house pod sweep in their favor. And they they just got to back it up now. And I'm sure the Charlotte boys are going to listen too, and, and they're going to have a bone with to pick with us. And it's going to make for a, a great hockey game. So bad news for us is, is there's no, there's, There's no break in the, in the rankings this week because we're all five, we're all sitting at five and five. So next week we're all either going to be six and five or five and six. We'll, We'll regroup again next week. Should we, Herm, I'm at, should we give picks for NC state UNC since we won't be recording next week for Thanksgiving? Or is that, is that getting too far ahead here? Or we could make those picks on social media next week and not on the pod. I'm in favor of holding off because I kind of want to see how UNC and NC State do because they both have games this weekend ahead of Monday night. So you're nodding your head yes. We'll do that. We'll give one more one more pick because we, will, we, we haven't taken an off week in God knows how long, right? So we'll take one for Thanksgiving next week, uh, a pause in the action. But looking forward to this outdoor game, App State, UNC Charlotte, and then we'll follow it up with the Governor's Cup on monday night collins i want to give you a second to chime in here
3: if we all go five and six this is a rough look for the uh all things acha experts
0: yeah we'll need like we'll need to make like adrian toledo game of the week so we can all get into the the positives begs the question though the question of the week we saw the success of frozen finley last year unc nc state outdoors now we're seeing charlotte And App State Outdoors, hockey is growing in North Carolina. Where would you want to see an outdoor game in between which schools? Collins, I'll throw it over to you first.
3: So I'm going to get the easy one out of the way, and that's going to be Duke-UNC. I I think everybody had that on their list. It's a prime college basketball matchup. Never disappoints two schools that are 15 minutes away from each other and just hate each other so much. Where I would want to see them play... I would love to see them play at Cameron Indoor. I think that would be insane, but I don't I don't think Cameron Indoor has, eno- has enough space to fit a hockey rink. I mean, just all-time college basketball matchup in one of the greatest college basketball stadiums in, in the country. My kind of sleeper pick, again, I'm doing cartwheels in App State right now. Uh, App State, Elon, two two schools in the Appalachians. I think that would be a great matchup at, whatever the name of app state's stadium is with the mountains in the background, maybe, maybe get it towards the fall a little bit like November. So you get a little bit of that foliage. Oh, I'd be just, I think one of the, the prettiest college hockey games the world has ever seen.
0: Love that pick Herm. I looks like I, you, you've got two powerhouses going head to head in your outdoor game here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I kind of seen it already with Frozen Finley. So uh, I'm going for the second biggest game on the slate, which is North Carolina Agricultural and Technical versus Chowan University in the parking lot somewhere. We're uh, we're just going full backyard
3: hockey with it. Instead of having actual glass, the glass is like a fencing, basically
1: roller hockey.
2: No, I'm talking like power-ups on the ice, like the, the whole nine yards with it. I love it. Fitzy, do you have a pick for us?
1: I think I got a pretty good sleeper. Um, I was scrolling through and I'm going with the it's going to be the Blue Devils versus the Demon Deeks, Wake Forest and Duke. And, and where are they going to play? You might ask. Well, I found the perfect venue once again, scrolling through some some North Carolina venues here. The Durham Bulls Athletic Park, some serious history there. Seats 10,000. I think that could be a a really exciting game. And it, it's, it's something different. So Blue Devils and uh, Demon Deeks.
0: Score a hat trick, win a stake. They could change the sign. That, that would be great. I love that pick. I, and I was worried that you were going to take my pick. And I just sent a picture to our group chat because when I was visiting friend of the pod, Ford Hatchet, when he lived in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, we went to a minor league NASCAR race at historic Bowman Gray Stadium. It's definitely the smallest racetrack I've ever been to because I have never been to any racetracks, but it is a small racetrack. I remember they started the race and all 12 cars crashed on the first turn because it was just so such a tight corner. They barely fit a football field in there and they play some high school football games there. The photo I sent is from a independent summer league team. The Winston, the North Carolina disco turkeys is the name. They played a game here and it was like backyard baseball style. Like Herm said, they had players in the outfield on the pavement for a baseball game. It was the funniest thing ever, but I want hockey there and I would love to see the Demon Deacons play unc so i'll go wake forest versus unc chapel hill for a big rivalry matchup at bowman gray stadium you could bring your own drinks and food in coolers they just like checked your cooler and you were good to go so i loved that so we need that for the hockey game too we will try to make you feel smarter though, because we have a new segment and I've been listening to a lot of 32 thoughts. I'm following all the Oilers drama and I go to guy is Elliot Freeman. If you don't know, 32 thoughts is Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman. And they basically just give you all this insider information about the NHL 32 thoughts representing the 32 teams. So I'm introducing a new segment this week called 611 thoughts because there's 611 teams that we cover. And I would love to give you my inside perspective on what is going on here. So my question here is because I've watched my beloved Syracuse Orange this year. They got off to a hot start and they beat the teams they were supposed to beat and they lost to the teams that people predicted them to lose to. Is there too big of a divide between the top of the ACHA Division I and the bottom of ACHA Division I? Because like I was going back and forth with Herm earlier today, right? Like Cuse has beaten the teams they're supposed to beat and they've lost to the teams they were supposed to lose to. Are we seeing a greater divide year in, year out between the top and bottom of ACHA division one. You i them curious what you think, because a lot of people looking at the ACHA would probably put those ECHA teams on the outside looking in compared to the Minots and the Adrians and
3: of the world. Yeah. And I mean, I think they'd be right. If you put a ECHA team against Minot State they'd get absolutely rinsed. What I love so much about the ECHA, especially this year, it's anybody's conference at this point. And I would love to see that level of parity at the upper end of ECHA D1. Like, I love that level of parity in the ECHA where it's anybody's conference. And you're just not going to see that in the top, you know, 15, like, as great as it is to have seen Minot State go for 19 straight weeks, and probably it's going to be 20 straight weeks on Wednesday uh, as the number one, I would like to see some shakeup where maybe we have a four or five team fight for first overall in the country. Like I think it, it, it goes beyond just the top half of the league and the bottom half of the league because I'm a firm believer in the fact that you have the top 15 teams, that are that are kind of in their own class. And then you can even break that down even further. Where like the top five or like just would just beat up on everybody else. And then you have, I think, probably uh, 16 to 35, which could all give each other a close game. The rest, I think if you were to put them against those that 16 to 35, it would s- still be fairly close, but it wouldn't be like a 10 nothing blowout until you maybe get towards the, the 60s and 70s of the league. That being said, though, I would like to see a league where, you know, just like college basketball, like tonight, where I just witnessed my number 21 Villanova Wildcats lose to unranked Penn. I would like to see unranked teams give top 15 teams a scare, like give them a run for their money, like not necessarily just completely cave in like we see every every week in, week out.
2: Herm here editing this Thursday night as we recorded this on Monday. Kind of breaking tonight, and it kind of goes off of Collins's point, but the Illinois State Redbirds, number 25 in the country, just knocked off number four UNLV tonight, which kind of speaks to Collins's point that really anything can happen at this point in this league.
0: It's funny, too, because... You look at a team like Ohio, who just got swept by Liberty this week. Talking with the boys at Ohio, it was funny hearing them say that they're in a rebuilding stage. like They're trying to get back to the glory days of Ohio hockey. They're rebuilding. And I looked at them. I was like, you guys are not rebuilding. You're in the special class of top 15 ACHA teams that are different from the rest. And I, I just think there is that there is that divide because it almost like what we saw Jamestown beat Minot the other day. And what that was like number eight versus number one, technically an upset, but honestly anything in the top 15, I don't think is an upset. Like if Ohio were to go and beat Minot, I I wouldn't really consider that an upset because I, like you said, Collins, those 15 are all kind of in their own bunch and you want to make it a little bit bigger and add 25. But I, I do think that's, that's maybe something that needs to be addressed going forward with the ACHA. And I'm sure, We will see it down the road. Those are my 611 thoughts this week. And uh, we'll we'll look to add some more in the weeks coming. We'll take next week off though. Thanksgiving. Hopefully everyone gets the chance to go home and, and see their families. And if you don't have the chance to go home, hopefully you're hanging with some teammates, former teammates, coaches, players, and, and just having a good time and catching up and, being thankful for everything we have. I think, you know, last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of bad news that we talk about on the podcast. So hopefully everybody's staying safe during the holidays and getting to eat some good food. And when we come back, we'll recap our trip to North Carolina and we will we will have plenty to talk about after taking two weeks off. So want to wish everybody the best of luck this weekend and safe travels if they're heading home. And we will see you all in a couple of weeks. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: See you boys.